never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that's realized life is actually a role-playing game, and most of us have leveled up our stats incorrectly. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. How's it going, man? Um, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I'm kind of having an existential crisis after that joke, but otherwise, <laughs> not too bad. Um, so here we are, man. It's episode 201. How do you feel about that? Um, I I feel all right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, we were just talking about how. We've done we've recorded 200 episodes, which means the two of us have come up with almost 100 lists each. And in a weird way, I feel like I've been doing more lists than that, because every week it becomes just that much harder to think about than, you know, to come up with the next topic. You know, <laughs> so I kind of feel like it's been more, but that honestly has been the hardest part of coming up with the next topic. And I and I know that at some point we're going to get super niche. And we're going to be like top five moments in Empire Strikes Back and top five. <laughs> like we're going to get to these moments where we're going to like be deconstructing. And that's totally fine with me because it's the evolution of a show. And when you have to do a top five list every single week, just, you know, I don't I know there's other top five type podcasts out there or list podcasts out there. I know they exist, but I don't know if they've lasted as long as we have. You know what I mean? Or kept going oh that's that's actually a good point yeah that's interesting there are a lot of top five lists sort of uh podcasts and youtube channels but that's a good call but i honestly feel what's that and clickbait articles on the internet and stuff like that (laughs) i wasn't gonna bring buzzfeed into this but uh no no, it's actually uh i kind of feel like we've already gone really niche i mean this week's list is pretty niche i know we've had some really weird out there lists but before so but i think it's really fun that's part of the fun of being a nerd and uh enjoying movies and comics and pop culture is dissecting things to the umph degree and uh discussing you know what do you think this bead of sweat on luke skywalker's head meant in you know this star wars movie or whatever you know <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah um all right so, did I lose you? No, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> okay, you got real quiet. I'm like, ooh, shoot, internet right now. Um, okay, so how about this? Let's, uh, we do have a good stack of news, which it was really, really light going into, like, yesterday, and then the news started to drop. So, let's, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, this is going to be light, and then things happened. Uh, before we get started, I do want to bring up something that kind of tragically happened, and it just got, it literally just got announced. Um, okay. Batman artist Tim Sal has passed away. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. And it's he was 66 when he passed away. Um, at this moment in time, uh, the cause of death is um, has not been revealed. So we don't know. Um, but Tim Salman, he's responsible for the long Halloween, the artwork in the long Halloween, dark victory. Um, he did. Uh, I'm on the Marvel end. We're talking Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, Captain America White, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Um, his artwork is gorgeous. And what was um, the the Superman one he did? Um, he I can't. Did, I can't. Uh, remember. It's for all seasons. For all seasons. Okay, thank yeah. you. And that one was. That was just a great, like, classic sort of Smallville-level Superman story you know, that was just really awesome. Superman for All Seasons is honestly probably one of my absolute favorite Superman stories. Yeah. Like, it's, I absolutely love it. It's incredible. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, I just – it's really sad to lose – like, it's one thing when we say we lost a legend, like when Neil Adams passed away or, like, when um, uh, Stan Lee passes away and they're like – at, at like the they're legit like in their 90s or 80s and you're just like well yeah dude that's great for them they made it that far that kind of thing this guy was 66 and that's in my opinion a big shock to the industry um i love tim sal's work um but i just wanted to bring it up that uh, it's a tragic loss for all of us because um he's a phenomenal artist um yeah. i if you don't know your comics well enough long halloween is one of the big components to getting the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan that was played heavy, heavily and in, heavy influence there. Um, it also played heavy influence on the Batman film. With yeah, Pat. absolutely. So um, seriously, check out his work. It's gorgeous, gorgeous work. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I knew um, I'd been seeing stuff online that his health has been suffering for the past week or so. Um, so I know I don't know if he like what exactly he's been struggling with, but it's kind of one of those things. I knew it was coming, but it's still really sad to hear. But like you said, he's an absolute legend. And uh, just to comment like a little bit more specifically on his artwork, um, going back to like Superman for all seasons, I remember um, one of the things people say, and it's kind of a little bit of a joke, but they say that the way that he drew Superman and Clark Kent in that book, um, he kind of had a joke I've heard people say is he looks like a thumb because he kind of has this like round head and like no neck and stuff. But I guess in interviews, Tim Sal would say, well, they told me he was a corn fed farm boy. So that's what I, <laughs> what I drew. So he drew like the body type of like your typical farm boy and stuff like that. And then if you look at that long Halloween and uh, how he drew all of uh, Batman's villains and how every single character kind of has like, a really unique look and silhouette and bone structure. You can really see how he would, um, he would really break characters down to their most basic, like fundamental traits and make their, uh, make their appearance like based wholeheartedly off of that. And he, I think he really understood character design and storytelling in that way. That was just really impressive. And he has a really stylized, um, albeit like cartoony style, but it's also a style that I've never seen. Like I've never seen anybody who draws like Tim Sal. He was a one right. of a kind and uh, right. just when, a legend. Uh, so, And you say that because like when Jim Lee hit the scene in the nineties with the X-Men books, <laughs> almost all of Marvel started to look like Jim Lee, mm -hmm. whether it was Jim Lee or not. Like the X-Force book wasn't drawn by Jim Lee, but it started looking like Jim Lee art. It was kind of like he said, this is how you do comics. Absolutely. And Tim Sal has a signature, your style that he 
um, that it's just it's it's so unique that no, I, I don't, you don't see people trying to recreate it. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's a sad loss, but it's we ha- I just had to bring that up and mention it for tonight. So, um, okay, um, moving on, uh, Peter. What are we watching? What are we reading? Yeah, so I haven't watched a ton. Um, oh, good. I have. To- <laughs> nice. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is uh, I did finally watch the Black Adam trailer. Um, oh yeah. Because I hadn't watched it last week, but this trailer looks awesome. Like. One of the biggest criticisms I've heard on it is that this is The Rock being The Rock, which I think is accurate. Like, (laughs) The Rock's portrayal as Black Adam does kind of seem like the same as The Rock is in every movie. (laughs) But other than that, this movie looks just amazing. Like, Adam Smasher looks badass. Hawkman looks amazing. I keep forgetting that uh, Pierce Brosnan is going to be Dr. Fate, but... He looks I like he's going to do a great too. job as well. Yeah, <laughs> What's that? I keep, I keep forgetting that he's in the movie, too. So, like, <laughs> when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, he's Dr. Fate. <laughs> yeah. But just from, like, a comic book action level, this movie looks amazing because it has that. It looks like it's going to have those, like, world-building, like, Aquaman-esque elements to it. And just, like, the really good action and, like, funness of, like, a Wonder Woman movie or something like that. And I just think this is going to be a blast. Um, So I just wanted to comment on that really quick. I didn't know if you had any other specifics you wanted to point out, though, Drew, before I moved on. It's like, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that comment, like, it's the rock being the rock. (laughs) Yeah. But, man, like, seeing Hawkman, like, we've seen Hawkman in Smallville, and we saw Hawkman in the Arrowverse, but this Hawkman looks cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, he just looks, he looks menacing, which is great. Um, we've never, we've seen Dr. Fate in um, Smallville, and we got, and we saw the helmet of Dr. Fate, which I'm drawing a blank on the name of the helmet, because it actually has a specific name, I'm just drawing a blank right now. Oh, yeah, you're right, uh, I can't remember um, you see the helmet in um, the Arrowverse because it was in one it was in this one place where Constantine was. And you're just like, oh, that's cool. But to really see Dr. Fate as Dr. Fate, I think that's going to be really cool. They actually get for like people who aren't familiar with the character. Be like, who's this guy? Um, the uh, but I mean, the movie just looks bonkers at the same yeah. time. It's just as cool as it is. It just looks bonkers. And it looks like it's going to be a really good time at the theater. It really does. So um, I really look forward to seeing Black Adam. Absolutely. Um, uh, what else you watch? Yeah, so I finished uh, Stranger Things 4, at least the episodes that are out now. Uh, Drew, have you had a chance to start this yet? I wasn't sure if you so had watched I any of it watched, yet. So in the realm of too much stuff coming down the pipe, Yeah. Um, I have watched the first two episodes of Stranger Things Season 4. Okay. And I feel like... I want to give my full review like you and I could probably do a deep dive yes. on it when I finish season four, because I feel like when you're watching a week to sh- a weekly show like an Obi-Wan Kenobi is weekly, we can discuss um, we can discuss weekly because we kind of we do our best to keep up with it. But Stranger Things, they drop the whole season at once. So it's kind of yeah. like there yet, you know, so I think we need to save it until I can finish the season. But I really, really like what I saw. Um there seems to be way more of a horror element yes. than there was in the previous seasons, um, which is cool. But, you know, it's it's for this for the sake of the subject matter, it's kind of lending things to it. Um, yeah. And I'm really, really like you said, I really like Eddie. 
Um, yeah. The, the new character, the Dungeon Master, he's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I have also gone online and ordered myself a Hellfire Club shirt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, it was right after the first episode, and I was like, and Amazon, is it out there? Like, <laughs> Well, I, that's funny because uh, I was at Target with my wife uh, like last week or something, and there was all these Stranger Things t-shirts, and I was like, the most obvious shirt they don't have here, and that's the Hellfire Club shirt. Like, how right. do you not have that? <laughs> right. Well, I bought um, a while back, I picked up a Hawkins Middle School AV Club shirt. And um, and it looks like, and it's just a gray shirt with the lettering on it. And it just looks like something, I be- actually, I believe Dustin's wearing it in one of the episodes in the original season. And nice. every now and then I break it out and like, it's random. I'll be like at Jewel and something like, dude, nice shirt. Like, it's just the right people get it and see it. And I love that kind of stuff. So um, <laughs> I awesome. had to get the Hellfire Club shirt. I'm like, no, this is going in the collection. Um, the I really like, like I said, I really like what I see. Um, the What's interesting is at the end of the second episode, when Eddie is like, you're not going to believe me what happened. Because they're, you know, because he witnesses the murder of Chrissy. Yeah. yeah. They go to talk to him and he's like, you're not going to believe me. And Max is like, try us. And yeah. <laughs> um, Dustin's uh, he goes, look, dude, well, we're about to tell you. And he goes into this whole thing. Right. The way he talks about. When he's like uh, he says uh, something to the effect of, you know, how Hawkins has always seemed like there's something more to it, like. You know, it like and he's like like ghosts and he's like, well, not really like ghosts like like it sounds like these stories have existed in Hawkins for, for yeah. a very, very, very long time, which lends again to the title of the show, Stranger Things, because no matter what we're seeing on screen, Stranger Things have happened. Yeah. And that's why and that's why I just love the title. And I love when lines of dialogue come out like that in this show. And you're just like, oh, my God, what else has happened in this town? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. At any rate, not I digress. Anyway, um, that's what I got for you for my Stranger Things recap. So um, I can scratch that off my watched it list. (laughs) Right on. No, like uh, I was going to say that's it. This is actually a really cool deep dive on the first two episodes of the season that I wasn't expecting, but I think you have really good points. And I love your point about the, uh, the whole idea that even more weird and unusual occurrences have happened in Hawkins. And that would lend to weird, like uh, urban legends and rumors and stuff like that. That's a really cool concept. And you see it with the kid when with like he's like with, like the the kid with the glasses. Uh, he's the second one to die in the second episode. And oh, yeah, yeah. Clearly, like he set his house on fire and killed his family by mistake or something <laughs> like that. And he's like still dealing with the guilt or yeah. whatever the situation is. But at the same time, um, he's having those problems. But then Eddie's dad was like, did you ever hear of this serial killer dude who lives at like and you're just like, holy crap, what's going on? Like. <laughs> stranger things have happened so um well actually at that part well actually i don't want to spoil too much because i don't know what all you've seen but uh we'll get into that later but um oh man i just lost my train of thought but uh yeah no it's it's awesome um i was gonna say there's a couple things at the there's a couple things that happen later in the season that i'm not gonna go into because i don't want to spoil but i'm really looking forward to talking to you more about this. I'll okay. say another thing is there's one episode this season 
and I don't want to sound sound too hyperbolic, but there's one episode that I feel might be one of the best television episodes I've ever seen. Like I keep thinking about one specific episode this season and I keep keep just thinking like that was amazing. Like and I just keep I don't know. It's this season's just really good, but again, <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much. And you know what? I remembered the other qu- thing I wanted to ask you about. Okay. When you see in the first episode who they replace Lucas with <laughs> for Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> what was your reaction to that? <laughs> um, it really, it really made me laugh, but it was also like, of course, absolutely. <laughs> right? Because no. that's what I saw it and I just started cracking up. Like I literally laughed out loud, but then I was like, you know this character would have played Dungeons and Dragons, whether it was begrudgingly and then eventually actually enjoying it. You know this character would have done it so many times, and I just thought it was so perfect and hilarious yeah. when that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than Stranger Things, I'm caught up on Obi-Wan, and uh, that's about it for me. Um, I'm assuming you've watched this week's Obi-Wan, Drew? Yeah, so we'll talk about Obi-Wan in a second. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about Obi-Wan in a second, because if that's it for you, let me uh, run down my list here. So I watched um, the first episode and a half, and it's only episode and a half because I started getting sleepy and I didn't. I really wanted to <laughs> focus, um, of the show on HBO Max called Irma Vet. Do you know what this is? No. Okay. Um, Alicia Vikander, um, who else is in the show? Okay, I've um, I've seen I've seen it on there like the show that she's in, but I just haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So she's like the lead actress in this, but she is playing a movie star who just took a role on a television show uh, based on a silent film. It's like a modern retelling of a silent film classic about vampires, and she's playing a character in the show called Irma Vet. And um, so it's it's kind of right up my alley in the sense that it's behind the scenes Hollywood industry stuff. But at the same time, it's also um, this really cool like and I want to say foreign language film because the whole thing takes place over in like France. So like there's a lot of subtitles. Um, so be prepared for that if you're going to watch it because um, you're going to have because there's a lot of French speaking scenes. Um but the show is like really cleverly shot. It's all it's almost shot like a documentary in a way. But you're following this girl through her uh, like she's tired of the superhero movies uh, because she keeps getting cast in the superhero stuff and she wants to do something a little more down to earth. So she's all excited to do this Irma Vep thing. Um, but from what I can tell from the trailer, it seems like she kind of gets a little like obsessively sucked into it. Like there's something else going on. Um but there's some really funny bits in it, too, that made me laugh out loud. And, it's you know, so it's partial, like, dark comedy, if you will. So, I don't know. I just, the first episode and a half was really good. So, and critics are raving about it. So, I would say check it out. Nice. Um, so, what I'm getting from this is this is Alicia Vikander starring in a biographic retelling of Willem Dafoe in Shadow of the Vampire. <laughs> um, it definitely has like a Shadow of the Vampire feel to it because of the way that movie was structured. Right, um, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it, it it just it's it's cool. I'm yeah. That's, it sounds Shadow like Vampire is a perfect example of like a comparison. Well, so. it almost feel it to me. It almost feels like 
whoever wrote this, like the writers behind this, maybe took Shadow of the, of the Vampire as an inspiration and then just went from there and started coming up with other scenarios and stuff. But it sounds really interesting and it's kind of like a weird, like pretty out there premise, to be honest. <laughs> it is. And it's also really artsy. So okay. go, go in with the mindset of this is someone who's trying to make a piece of art and not that, look, all film is art. But you go into Avengers because it's the popcorn blockbuster action adventure roller coaster ride. You go watch Casablanca because it's art. <laughs> Do you, know, you right. see what I'm saying? You see the difference there? And that's why I'm saying, like, this is a very, as, as fun as it's been for me so far, um, it's very artsy. So. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Irma Vep. I watched American Underdog with Zach Levi, Zachary Levi. Um, this is the Kurt, uh, Kurt Warner, uh, biopic, um, that Zachary Levi did about Rams quarterback, uh, Kurt Warner. Okay. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, it is so much, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a heartwarming story. It's got all the right feels and all the right places. Um, it's, it's a fantastic sports movie. Um, so if you get a chance to check it out, that's on Hulu. Um, so if you want to watch it, but it's called American Underdog. It's great. Um, and it's very clear that Zachary Levi was in his Shazam training when he shot this because he is huge. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it's really, really good. So nice. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. This show. Uh, look, OK. Angry Darth Vader is the best. Period. Okay. Um, Angry Darth Vader is amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, my fave, one of my favorite iterations of Darth Vader is Empire Strikes Back. Yes, I've raved about that movie, but I love Vader in the in that movie because he's angry, he's pissed off, he's gonna get what he wants. He doesn't care how many stormtroopers or imperial officers or anyone that gets in his way. He's gonna get what he wants, and he's hunting Luke Skywalker. Here we go. And I always felt that I never felt like he was angry enough in A New Hope. And in Return of the Jedi, yeah, he we got a little bit of that anger, but he was there was also a sympathetic side to him because he was like connecting with his son, and um and it was post Empire where he was angry the whole time, and we got a glimpse of the angry Darth Vader in Rogue One, which was great, but this is like lots of angry Vader, and it is awesome, um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I am really enjoying that. Um, I loved in the most recent episode that flashback scene with Obi Wan and Anakin. Oh, that was so grueling. God, that was cool. Like this is why we brought Hayden. Like yeah, Hayden's in the suit, but this is why we brought Hayden Christensen back. Absolutely. And <laughs> I will say that they didn't de-age him the best, but it still looked great. Like honestly, like let's be real, it looked great. Um. So I don't want I, I know someone on the Internet is probably complaining about it, but I've been trying my hardest to stay away from Star Wars Internet nonsense and just enjoy it for what it is, um, because the fans are just some of the fans are just too. I don't know what they want from Star Wars. I really don't. Um, and if you don't really like Star Wars anymore, that's fine. Just say so. But I love it. And it's delivering in the way I want it to deliver right now. Um, nice. The. uh I jump in here at any point, man. Um, well, no, I was thinking about the de-aging, and I feel like he, 
I think he looked like he did in Revenge of the Sith, but maybe just a bit too old for how he looked in um, Attack of the Clones, which to me, it was probably like, I don't know. I don't know where exactly it would sit, but I'm assuming like a little bit after Attack of the Clones was like that scene, maybe. Um, But um, or somewhere within that time frame. But overall, I thought this was one of the better episodes this season. Like, I thought it was pretty great. I think it ended on a really um, a really suspenseful note. Um, I actually kind of felt like the end of the episode with what they're hinting at uh, is coming in the following episode. I felt like that was the most suspenseful part. And I kind of wish they would have played up the suspense a little bit more with um, the sort of uh, stormtrooper raid on, uh, I can't remember the planet that they were uh, on. What, what is it? It's Jabim. Jabim. Yeah, that's right. But um, no, overall I thought it was pretty good. And then um, the, I thought there, there's another lightsaber fight this episode. That was pretty cool too. I kind of, again, I kind of wish they played it up a little bit more, but these are just more nitpicks. I thought this was a pretty satisfying watch. And uh, no, like you said, my favorite part was definitely that Anakin and Obi-Wan sparring flashback scene. Like that was probably, probably the highlight of this series for me so far. So yeah, that was just great. Um, (laughs) The quibble right now with the show, um, seeing where the seventh sister came from and seeing um you know okay so i'm like my issues at the beginning of the show were why would she know that darth vader is anakin skywalker yeah that was a quibble i had but i was kind of keeping it quiet because I, i just thought it was odd i'm like well that might be the one complaint i have about the show guess what they cleared that up you know yeah. what I mean? Like they cleared it up. They clarified. Oh, perfect. Done. I'm with you. Um, the other quibble I have with the show is the Grand Inquisitor dying <laughs> <Yeah>. so early. <laughs> and it's awesome that he's back because it's got to carry to Rebels. But what I don't understand is how he came back. Now. He pulled have, a Darth Maul, basically. I have I to let it go. Time. I have to let it go right now because we brought Darth Maul back. Um, and they really explained how Darth Maul came back, but they also brought back the Emperor. And we're going to have to let the Grand Inquisitor coming back uh, fall under the rule of cool for right now. And I hope <laughs> we get a little bit more. I, I, I hope we get a little bit more explanation of that. So I, I do think they're coming a little bit too uh, close to like superhero comics where every character who dies is going to come back to life at some point. Um, I think to me, like I can see both sides of the coin because I'm actually glad that he did come back and there's not like this huge glaring continuity continuity error in the show. But or just have another one of his species as the Grand Inquisitor later. See, yeah. that, I think that's worse. <laughs> I think that would have been worse than him just think, coming back to life. I think it's worse, too. So, um, um, Oh, no, you, but what I was going to say was... Um, oh, no, keep going. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I was just going to say, do you know... Do you know what I mean by the rule of cool? Do you understand that statement? Like, if it's cool enough, you let it slide, no matter if it doesn't make sense or something like that? Kind of, you suspend your disbelief for the briefest moment to allow for a care a cool character moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, right, right on. I think I live my life by the rule of cool. Then. 
Um, I like to think so, too. So sometimes as much as we want things explained all the time, 100 percent all the time, sometimes you just got to go with the rule of cool. <laughs> yeah. So. No, the, the one thing I was going to say, though, is just to keep things within Star Wars to feel more consequential and stuff, I kind of wish it was like only the most powerful Dark Force users could um not necessarily like bring themselves back from the dead in quotes, but, you know, keep themselves alive um, through like their hatred and the dark side of the force and stuff. But uh, I just don't want it to be like every character at some point is able to stay alive. You know, it would be kind of cool if it's more of a special, like really rare thing to happen, which at this point it's kind of starting to feel like it's not, unfortunately. But uh, I guess we'll just have to see if this ever happens again or if this is like a one time instance yeah. you know yeah i got gotcha. you um but yeah so i can't i can't wait to really discuss with you the finale of the show yeah yeah absolutely uh, i really look forward to that um before we move on there is a updated star wars timeline um as long as you've been paying attention to the world of star wars this is not difficult to piece together but as they add shows and add movies it's going to get more complicated so um, here is the updated Star Wars timeline in order. So if you're going to watch this in chronological order, and I'm not talking about release order. I'm not talking hatchet, machete, nonsense, internet watch orders. This is the chronological timeline order. It goes as follows. Episodes one, Phantom Menace, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, uh, The Clone Wars, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, The Bad Batch, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Obi-Wan Kenobi show the andor show which is forthcoming star wars rebels rogue one a star wars story star wars a new hope the empire strikes back return of the jedi the mandalorian both seasons boba book of boba fett the ahsoka show um skeleton crew uh which is still forthcoming star wars resistance which honestly that got too little kiddish because they didn't know what was going on <laughs> with the show, so you can actually skip that if you'd like. And then Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and uh, Rise of Skywalker. The only show that I suggest skipping is Resistance, because it got super little kitty because they didn't know what they were doing with the show. Um, Mandalorian Season 3 is probably going to fall in line in a specific spot, um, because of how Book of Boba Fett ends. It's probably going to fall in line somewhere around Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew, but we're not going to know until we see those shows. But that's the order right now. So so where do Ewoks and droids fit in, though? <laughs> well, technically... <laughs> probably post-Return of the Jedi, right? Technically, Mandalorian takes place three years after the events of Return of the Jedi, so my guess is, if I had to pick... Um, the Ewoks films, um, Caravan of Courage and Battle of Endor would fall right after Return of the Jedi, and then you'd watch Mandalorian. Where do the droids cartoons and the Ewoks cartoons fall? Yep. <laughs> Probably somewhere in that mix of that missing three years. <laughs> nice. Um, but that's the canon timeline, so. What, one uh, of these days, one of these years, I guess I should say, I really want to binge through it all in one watch, but maybe I should... Let a couple more of these movie or TV you, shows come out you first. Definitely you know? can't do it in one watch. Um, I well, you, know, you know what I mean, like over the course <laughs> of a couple months, just yeah. All I, I watch is Star through, Wars in chronological order. I went through, uh, through. But okay, so at the time we didn't have Bad Batch and we didn't have Obi Wan Kenobi and we didn't have Andor. I got all the way through. 
part of Mandalorian before my brain started going, I needed a Star Wars breather. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got pretty far and I was like, I need a quick breather because I don't want the next season of Mandalorian to come out and be like, I don't want to watch Star Wars. So um, I always want to watch Star Wars, but I tried it and I was like, this would be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. I do want to start over and run through it all because the more we learn, the more I want to just dive back in. But I just love that I can just hop in Star Wars at any point. It's just amazing. So, uh, right on. Okay. You ready to talk about some news? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, cool. First, um, in terms of news, the trailer for Anna, Anna de Armas's Blonde dropped today. Did you yeah. check that out? Yeah, I did get a chance to watch this one. Um, this looks. I mean, interesting. It's just a teaser. Um, there's, it's like half black and white, half um, half color. But um, she, in that brief teaser we got, uh, she nails it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, right I don't, on. you know, I don't know what else to say about it. There's some side by sides I saw of Marilyn Monroe with side by side with Anna de Armas, and I'm like, wow, like it looked great. So. So, yeah, I, th- I think the movie looks great. I think that she looks great in the role. Uh, the one line of dialogue we got from her was a little bit whispered. And I kind of just wish there was a little bit more of just her speaking in the movie that was revealed just so I could feel completely sold. Yeah, so I could feel completely sold on her. But I do um, think this looks great, you know. If it, if it helps at all, um, Marilyn Monroe whispered almost every line of dialogue she ever said. So. Interesting. <laughs> oh. There's that, so you know what I mean. But um, yeah. I, it looks cool. It just really looks cool that it drops in September on Netflix. Another thing um, I think is cool about this one is I was thinking, like, I watched the trailer, and then thinking back on it, I was a little bit like, wait, was that in black and white or was it in color? And, like, I, I was like, okay, I think it was kind of a little bit of both. But the reason I say that's good is that's because when I watched it, to me – the black and white scenes so seamlessly fit into what I was watching and perceiving that I didn't really even realize it was black and white, which I think is actually pretty cool. It seems like it's going to be a really seamlessly edited film in that way, if that makes sure. sense. Sure. Um, yeah, I hear you there. Um, I, I look forward to just seeing this um, in general. So, right um, okay. Uh, speaking of Netflix, um, it looks like Netflix is in the possibility of buying Roku. Um, weird. That <laughs> is, is kind of weird. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. There's not a lot right now on the story. I was kind of reading into it a little bit, but there's not a lot to say at the moment other than this is probably Netflix trying to do a bit of a uh, content grab right now just because of uh, the way all the other streaming services exploded after Disney+. Plus. <laughs> You know um, what it was? It's Netflix really did want that Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, that Weird Al biopic. They really wanted, and then Roku got it, and they're pissed, so they have to buy Roku now. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down, because I want to see that Weird Al, bi- Weird Al biopic bad. Um, okay, so uh, we need to talk about another death real quick. Um, we had another passing. Um Microsoft is no longer supporting uh, Internet Explorer. That is gone as of today. (laughs) (laughs) From 1995 to 2022, it was 26 years old, but Internet Explorer no longer exists. Um, So I hope you didn't lose anything on your uh, computer 
that you normally like go with like oh man my favorites are all gone <laughs> i didn't but internet explorer has kind of been the uh whipping boy of internet services for a long <laughs> right. time now so <laughs> right. um yeah so we uh you heard that squid game is coming back for a season two right yeah i did okay i am not surprised at all what i am surprised about is that a Squid Game reality show with a $4.56 million prize is actually coming to Netflix. Um, Netflix is now casting for a Squid Game reality show that'll put 456 contestants through a series of childhood-inspired games to claim the largest cast prize in reality reality TV history. Um, Anyone anyone who can survive all levels of childhood-inspired games, Netflix... Uh, teased alliances and strat- alliances and strategies will be necessary for the players should they hope to make it uh, home, um, take home the prize. So a actual, so they're doing a Squid Game fictional show, another one, but they're going to do an actual reality Squid Game show. Right. I. <laughs> so I, I have I have two thoughts on this. My okay. first thought is I'm a little Netflix- speechless too. So go ahead. <laughs> My first thought is Netflix gonna Netflix. <laughs> like, of course, they're gonna do a game show, reality game show based yeah. off this. But my other thought is I remember back in the day, like back when I was in middle school and I first heard about the show Survivor, and I was like, oh, this show is probably awesome. It's like people in the wilderness and they have to survive, and if they don't, they die. <laughs> and then I learned what the show actually was, and I was like, Oh, they just like play games with each other and then vote each other off the island and stuff. That's much less drastic than I was thinking. And knowing the show uh, Squid Game, those games they play are life or death situations. Like the people actually die while playing. And I don't know a goofy reality game show. I don't know if it's going to have the same level of weight. (laughs) At the same time, it might be fun to watch and it might be fun to uh live vicariously through if they have some really cool games and maybe they make some actual games based on the show. But uh, that's just where my mind went first was my disappointment when I learned what Survivor actually was. (laughs) I gotcha. Hey, I hear you. All right, moving on. Uh, A couple quick ones. Did you see the first look of Ryan Gosling as Ken in the Barbie movie? So I think I saw a joke, like, I think I've seen a couple of the memes based off of it. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen the actual shot of him, though. <laughs> okay. Because um, the shot, like, kind of broke the internet, in my opinion. It was on regular news, too. Um, look, here's the thing. He looks like Ken. Like, he looks like Ken. I, you know, I didn't have Barbies in the house because I grew up with all boys, but I do <laughs> know what Ken looked like. And I thought he had darker hair, but other than that, he looks like Ken. And I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, Holy cow. Um, so yeah, that's it. Honestly, part of me is like kind of curious, like, am I going to rush the theater to see the Barbie movie? No, but I am kind of curious in the same way. I was curious about the Brady bunch film and that movie ended up being really good. <laughs> so you can see what I mean. Right. And you think to yourself, like, how do they even make a Barbie movie? Like, what's even right. the plot going to be? <laughs> right. The more I think about it just now, I'm really curious as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK. Three. Avatar, the last airbender animated films are on the way. 
Um, so if you are an Avatar The Last Airbender fan, you have three animated movies forthcoming. Uh, well, Netflix that... got a Netflix. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just kidding. Avatar's Disney at this point, right? Um, I, well, Avatar is Disney. I don't know, but Avatar The Last Airbender was Nickelodeon. Oh, right? oh you're right. You're right. It is Netflix. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I heard Avatar, and I just assumed it was more James Cameron's Avatar, and I was like, of course they're doing that. But actually, this is actually a cool story now that I realize that it's the last <laughs> Airbender. Correct Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, all right, Justin Lin, director of um, the, he stepped away from Fast, uh, the Fast uh, and the Furious series. Do you know why? Because he is now going to be directing the live-action One Punch Man movie. Okay. Um, Very interesting. I like how you say, okay, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, There's not a lot here. It's just the announcement that he'll be directing the uh, uh, One Punch Man movie. And I was like, oh, I actually didn't know there was a live-action one of those coming. So so did he direct um, some of the better Fast and the Furious installments? He did, yes. Okay. Uh, but he he did do nine, which that's the one that I got really bored with. But like he did a lot of the better ones. So I was, um, you know, I was on board until nine. I just I don't know why I was literally watching nine going. Why am I watching this movie? Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think the one punch man movie, I didn't realize this was a thing, but it has a lot of potential. But it is really going to come down to who is uh, cast as a uh, Saitama uh, One Punch Man, like the main character, because sure. it has to be it's got to be somebody who can look like the most hilarious looking like awkward person in the world, but can also look super badass and pull off some crazy fight scenes. So it's got to be somebody you can take seriously and also somebody you can laugh at. And it's going to be really hard to find somebody to fill the, those shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you there. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um, uh, Knives Out 2 as a title. Okay. Um, yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> Oh, I had to say, I had to say, hold on a second, because I was looking for something on the internet while you were talking, so I could like talk so about much it. dramatic buildup, and then no, the buildup was don't play the video in the background while you and I are talking. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, Knives Out Two has a title. Uh, we're releasing this holiday season, so we're gonna get more Knives Out. I we knew that was coming. I'm excited. The movie is actually titled Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. Um. I love it. <laughs> I know. I love it, too. I'm down. I, you're just like, good call. I don't, we don't have any emotional attachment to the title. Um, well, it's it's weird enough that I'm curious, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I have no sure. idea what it's actually going to be. All right. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home Extended Edition coming to theaters in September. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this makes me think that I bought the Blu-ray too early. And I should have waited for the extended edition because I did not know there was an extended edition being released in theaters. And I want to know what is being added. So, (laughs) you know, when you're a good fan and you buy things right away, they really like to punish you with stuff like this. (laughs) That's all I've got to (laughs) say. I know. And he was like, man. Um, (laughs) All right. Marvel is developing a Thunderbolts movie 
currently in which is in development over at Marvel. Um, this is huge news to find out. That this is actually a thing. Mm. Um, okay, so Thunderbolts. There's a big discussion of where Marvel is headed because of Contessa Valente, whatever her titles are, because she's got yeah. like names when she lists them off in the, in the story. But uh, Julia Louise drives this character, Contessa. Um, she is, in the comic books, originally Nick Fury's like right hand who turns evil and then goes and forms the Dark Avengers. Um, General, Ro- Gender Thunderbolt, General Thunderbolt Ross is the guy who put together the team, the Thunderbolts, which was kind of like an evil superhero team. Mm-hmm. So, um, William Hurt, who plays Thunderbolt Ross, passed away recently. We don't have him on board for Marvel anymore. My thinking is, and this is just a theory, is that they're going to take the Thunderbolts idea and the Dark Avengers idea and combine them and make a Thunderbolts movie with Contessa being the Nick Fury of that group. And if you've been paying attention along the way, she has already recruited U.S. Agent. Technically, because we don't know what's going on yet, she's recruited Yelena. And that probably means Taskmasters along the way with them. Good call. So that's just a thought that I have. Um, we know the Abomination still exists because of um, the upcoming She-Hulk show. So we might get to see more Tim Roth as the Abomination, which could be cool. Because um, he might be their Hulk on that team. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really know. This is very new information. So full speculation on my part. Just trying to piece things together from what we know. So it's it sounds like an exciting new direction for the MCU, actually. Like this actually sounds really cool. So I'm just excited to see how it's all gonna play out. Yeah. Um and then the other one is that I am looking for that's not helpful. Uh, yeah, that, that works for me. Um, Marvel is, sorry, I'm trying to like piece through stories because uh, I was trying to pull up information to add to this. Uh, Marvel is developing a Wonder Man series uh, for Disney Plus with sh- with the Shang-Chi director. They're digging deep. That in sounds the- cool. Yeah, for the series Wonder Man, uh, Shang-Chi director, um, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer Andrew Guest will collaborate on the series which will be a live action show based on the character. Um, he is a chemical and ionic radiation influenced human mutate, formerly a cyborg merged with vision. Um, and this comes from uh, the Marvel uh, actual lore. Um, mm-hmm. So adaption page to screen, they might have it a little bit. Um, uh, they might have it a little bit uh, updated or altered page to screen adaptation because the Marvel movies kind of have created their own canon, if you will. Um, the adventure of vigilante, former agent of shield industrialist, stuntman actor, um, just to name a few things. Um, he was a Stanley creation, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, really curious how they're going to do the costume for this. Cause, um, I feel like he's got a costume that they could make look really good or just really corny. And it kind of just depends on how they approach it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And since we're on Marvel and I feel bad for not bringing this up earlier, but um, it should have been in my watching and reading category. So I'm sorry. Um, uh, I watched the first episode of Miss Marvel. Oh, how was that? Um, it's really interesting. 
right now. Um, it's kind of it's it's interesting to see because she's kind of a commoner because you know you're so used to seeing the superheroes running around explaining stuff so we know everything. So like her interpretation of the end game battle with Thanos and like who is actually the big hero and all that stuff is lost on the fact that she is a person who just happens to be a civilian and just knows like conversations and things she's heard and her own thoughts and stuff like that. There's a lot of really cool art stuff. You as an artist, Peter, are really, I think, going to enjoy. So watch the backgrounds very carefully the way you would watch Scott Pilgrim and you're going to be like, whoa, that's cool. Um, Okay, nice. So I, right, I've only watched the first episode. It's cool. She gets her powers by the end of the first episode, so she doesn't really know what's going on. It's just kind of like, whoa, I have powers now kind of moment. Um, So, yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes because um, I'm really curious. How about this? The first episode had a bonus scene in the credits, and it raised some eyebrows. Like, oh, this guy, you know, so, (laughs) um, yeah. Uh, was it the frost giant from thor 2 yep the missing frost frost giant that's running around somewhere yeah um (laughs) hey don't hey they'll get back to that hey i was talking about abomination coming back for a while on this podcast and then he actually did so i'm telling you i'm willing this frost beast to come back into existence (laughs) um okay um Lady Gaga is in early talks yeah. to play Joaquin Phoenix in Joker 2. Um, she's going to play Harley Quinn. Um, I have no problem with this. That sounds cool. I'm down. So is this going to actually be a musical? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. that's what everybody keeps saying. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. All sources say that the sequel is going to be a musical. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, per se, but I also look after the last Joker, I feel like we have to trust Todd Phillips. So I don't know what that means right now. I could I could picture a lot of weird musical sequences that take place within the Joker's head. Like they're not actually happening, but it's just him oh, sure. imagining his relationship with this new Harley Quinn character. Like and to to yeah. be honest, I didn't think about that till just now, but like I'm kind of selling myself on this idea because originally I was like, it's going to be a musical. That's going to be just whack as hell. But <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, oh, no, that's actually they could do some cool stuff with it. And like you said, the first movie was so great. We kind of have to trust them with where they're going with it right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm going to trust Todd Phillips because how good the first movie was. So until we know more, okay, but I'm going to bring this up again. And I say this one more time. Um, we got a Joker movie without the Batman and it was amazing. We're about to do another Joker movie and we're including Harley Quinn. Will we see a Batman in this movie? I don't know, but I hope we're going to have to get to putting Batman on screen with that Joker at some point. So I don't know what their plan is. You know, of of all the Jokers, though, to have that sort of obsessive sort of love, but hatred sort of relationship with a Batman. I would love to see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker have that come to life, if that makes sense. And like, I'm with you, like, I want to see them bring some form of Batman into this, because I think that could be really rewarding just for Joaquin Phoenix's performance, you know? 
Yes, 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 it would. Um, and you know what else is going to be really rewarding is when we finally get to see Jerry Seinfeld's Pop-Tarts movie. <laughs> I feel like we talked about this a long time ago. We, did. we talked about it a long time ago when they announced it, okay? So the Pop-Tarts movie is still moving forward. It's moving forward so far that here is the cast list for the Pop-Tarts movie. Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Amy Schumer, Hugh Grant, and James Marston. <laughs> I honestly don't think there's that much to complain about. <laughs> the, it's not the issue of complaining. It's the I don't understand. That's the problem. Um, well, I'm but, just thinking, like, I feel like Jim Gaffigan is the king of telling jokes about food. Like, he has so many food-related jokes that just really really land so hard so i feel like he's the perfect person to cast in whatever this is gonna be but i don't know know, what were you saying what i think would be really interesting is if you could do the pop tart movie think back to look who's talking um when bruce willis did the voice of the baby and did you ever see look who's talking oh yeah yeah okay so look who's talking you got Kirstie Alley and John Travolta have a kid together and the kid gets born and then the movie kind of shifts gears and you see it all from the kid's perspective and it's Bruce Willis doing the voice of the baby. Not that he's talking, it's just he's doing the narrated thoughts. What if, whatever the story is, Jim Gaffigan is doing the thoughts of the (laughs) Pop-Tart? I could see Um, that. That would be awesome. It'd be interesting. So I don't know. I don't know. And if I'm right, that was a hell of a guess. Um... (laughs) Well, I think this is something we laugh at now, but watch the Pop-Tart movie come out and just be absolutely incredible, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, okay, and then this next final story for the night, we're going to have a science story. We haven't had one of those in a really, really long time, but there's no way I could pass this up because I'm telling you, after reading this article, I do not understand how this is not the number one story on every news outlet, period, and how it's not breaking the Internet. Researchers from Beijing Normal University in China have have found several cases of possible technological traces and extraterrestrial civilizations from outside the Earth using their sky eye telescope. Chinese telescope claims it has made alien contact. Wild. Yeah. (laughs) So as I read through the article, basically they were doing some pings out into the universe um, and they got some pings back from possible signals from what could be technology. I mean, that's crazy. I did hear briefly and about this. How are we? How is this not the number one story right now? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if Wait, it's funny what? or just gas I don't prices. Know if it's, what? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned gas prices because I think it's kind of like I don't know if it's funny or sad or both, but it's kind of just the state of the world is like like you said, gas prices, and there's like so much things to worry about that people literally aren't caring that we're actually like things about aliens actually existing is being revealed. And it's kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about this one. I honestly want to research it more, but it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Did you have any further thoughts on it besides just like, why aren't more people talking about this? Uh, No, my issue is more of like, Hold on. The Chinese discovered aliens and we're not having a bigger conversation about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I got on that. Um, what? 
What are we? Um, yeah, I think that brings us to the end of the news. Sorry, I had a lost quick train of thought there as I was changing screens, um, clicking through. I feel like the computer has been more of a distraction at night than ever. Um, I think you were receiving a ping. <laughs> I was. I was. Um, all right, you ready to talk tonight's list, man? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, so let's uh, move along and roll the thing. Now for the top five. Okay. Um, Peter, here we go. This yeah. was your list, so please explain your thoughts here. I don't know how I thought of this one, but it just came to me, and it was one of those things where I didn't have a list. You know, I didn't have our next list in mind yet, and I thought of this idea, and I just got instantly excited, and I'm like, this is going to be fun. Because this week, I wanted to talk about our top five Mandela effects or Mandela effect scenarios. And uh, if anybody's not familiar with what this is, it's essentially, I guess it started with a lot of people thought that Nelson Mandela passed away, but that wasn't true. And yeah. there became this weird theory that they there was a group of people who changed from one timeline where Nelson Mandela did pass away into our current timeline where he has not um, as far as I know, at least right now, but at least when that theory arrived, he had not. And uh, that started this whole string of like different ideas of like, well, I remember this one thing happening, but now the internet is telling me that it didn't happen or it happened in a different way. And there's like a million theories out there of just like, I must have shifted timeline because my memory isn't serving me correctly, but I know for sure something was actually a different way. And there's a million of them that we're all going to, that we're going to go through right now. So I don't want to uh, give any more ideas away, but I think it's a really fun concept. I always get a kick out of Mandela effects and uh, most of them, I don't believe I'm going to put my, <laughs> I'm going to put my foot in the sand there, but I think it's a really fun discussion. And Drew, we've talked about this on the show so many times. I was just so excited to actually do a list of our favorite Mandela effect scenarios. Um, what so, are your thoughts on this? <laughs> digging. All right. So first off, to clarify, not to clarify, but yes, this all had to do with um, uh, uh, people having a false memory of when Nelson Mandela passed. Yeah. Um, the actual. Uh, ob Direct um, definition is the Mandela effect is an observed phenomenon in which a large segment of population misremembers a significant event or shares a memory of an event that did not actually occur. Um, as I Googled this and started looking at examples and all that stuff, some of these really bugged the living crap out of me. <laughs> um, because it's not... It's not like there's any reason why we're thinking one way or the other way. It's just people misremembered something and somehow it became the majority, <laughs> you know, okay. like a misquoting of like a movie has caused. And that I'll, I'll talk about that specific one in a moment. But like the misquoting <laughs> of a movie has caused people to think that, um, it's one thing over the other. And I don't actually think it's a misquote. And I actually don't think it's a misremembering. I think it was 
a chosen misquote on purpose for a reason. And it makes me wonder if there's other things like that in the realm of these. Um, but we'll talk as we go. Um, I don't have any honorable mentions because I found this list difficult to do to begin with. Oh, wow. Um, so, and that was because I was getting frustrated as I was going. I'm like, how is that a thing? Um, <laughs> I have two honorable mentions just cause I love talking about Mandela effects, to be honest, but, uh, I'll put this, I'll lay this out right now. Some of my Mandela effects that I want to talk about, I actually think there's some sense of validity to, and a lot okay. of them, I'm just really, really skeptical. So may, I kind of have, may have matched on some of this stuff, but yeah. Okay. So I will say I um I'm just I, my list goes on both sides of the coin as far as a believer slash being a skeptic. So anyways, my first one, this is one that I've heard pretty recently, actually, like I feel like I heard about this a few months ago, but I thought it was really, really funny. And uh, what it is, this Mandela effect is about Britney Spears in the Oops, I Did It Again video, because. Okay. A lot of people remember her in that video having a headset with a microphone on. But when you actually watch the video, it's not there. Um, and. OK. <laughs> and so I think it's funny because I got in an argument with my wife about this because she is like 100 percent convinced that no, Britney Spears had a. Uh, a microphone and a headset in that video. And I was like, you know, I grew up watching TRL every day after middle school. And I mean, I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but I've watched this video more times than I'd like to admit. And I never remember there being a, a microphone attached to her head. But then when you watch the video, she does this weird dance move where she like brings her hand up and like kind of strokes the side of her face. But then everybody on the internet's like, there it is. That's the part where she holds the <laughs> headphone or the microphone close to her mouth to sing part of the song. And I'm like, no, I think that's just a weird dance move she does. So I'm kind of a skeptic to this one, but the, the concept I think is hilarious and it's kind of a fun nostalgic bit that reminds me of, you know, my middle school years and stuff. Drew, I don't know if you have any input on that concept in general. My input on this is that I had a very, um, I had a very unhealthy, uh, crush on Britney Spears. Um, in my opinion, I don't want to say it. <laughs> unhealthy might not be the best word, but I had a bit of a crush on Britney Spears. I know that video very, very well. And she was not wearing a headset. So, exactly. There's that. Um, but but the other thing that I was like, I didn't realize, I don't know if I realized that was a thing because I never, she, she didn't have a headset in that video. And so. I'm right there with you. But then the other thing to bring it back to the news we were just talking about, there's a, there was a uh, Britney Spears Barbie doll wearing the same outfit she does in the oops, I did it again video. And that doll does have a microphone. So I don't know if that's like some of the misremembering comes from that yeah. aspect. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many layers right. to these and we're still on honorable mentions, so I don't want to go too deep. <laughs> yeah. well, that's uh, good because my next. Go ahead. Yeah, my next one's super short. Um, and it's uh, this one I just picked because I kind of feel fooled by this one. But you remember Smokey the Bear, right? No, I remember Smokey Bear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this That's the one I picked is. The character's name is Smokey Bear. 
And yep. my whole life, I've called it Smokey the Bear. I thought his name literally was Smokey the Bear, but apparently there was no the there the whole time. It's just Smokey Bear, and it kind of blows my mind. I can't believe I never knew that. So that's my <laughs> next one. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, Smokey Bear. Um, okay, so are we on to actual picks now? Yes, we are. Okay, so all right, first actual pick. I want to see if I can, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so we'll go with this one because this this one bothers me because I don't actually think this is a Mandela effect. I think this is people just not physically paying attention. But it came up. It came up on the list of Mandela effects. C three PO having a silver leg in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, if you pay attention, C three PO has a silver leg in the original Star Wars. Um, and it carries into Empire, and no one says a word about it. No one asks questions about it. But when you watch the prequels and you see the stages of C-3PO um, going from not having any armor casing to having, like, a tarnished armor casing, and then you see them in the gold, and then you see them with the silver leg, and then you see them with the red arm later, everyone wants an explanation for the red arm, but no one asks questions about the silver leg. Um, I don't really know if I believe this to be a Mandela effect so much as it is people just weren't paying attention. So I think there's a level. And that is one of the reasons why I think this list really bugged me when I was putting it together, because I'm like, no, you morons. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a level of uh, people not paying attention, but also the film quality of the original Star Wars and how like if you watch an original cut of A New Hope, you're it's going to be hard to tell what color C-3PO is just because the film quality isn't as good as like when they remastered it and stuff. And I think there's a level of that that plays into it as well, where you just see shiny metallic C-3PO and you just kind of your mind fills in that he's all gold. You know what I mean? So yep. anyway, that was my first one. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm really hoping that all of your picks are just things that pissed you off. <laughs> no, I think, that's the only, I think that's the only one that really kind of irritates me because it's like, how did you not notice? Okay. And I, I've, I know I've seen Star Wars way more than, you know, the average person, but still, how did you not notice? But I also am irritated that everyone whined and moaned about the red arm and we had to have a comic book like created so people understood where the red arm came from because they couldn't handle yeah. the line of dialogue and they never explained the silver leg. And I just looked at it as it shows passage of time. And that's all it shows. So who cares? (laughs) Anyway, um, what do you got for me, man? What's your first actual pick? (laughs) Yeah, my first actual one. And this is one that I think has maybe some of the most validity out of all of my picks. And I'll go on to explain that. But uh, this one, the way I'm titling it is the peace symbol orientation. But essentially it is, you know, the peace symbol where it's like, it's the circle with the line that comes down and then the pre the three prongs that come down from there. Yeah. Yep. That symbol has the, uh, the sort of three prongs are at the bottom of the circle pointing down, if that makes sense. And this is an audio pod podcast, so it's a little bit hard to explain. Yeah. But but there's an, no, it's the peace symbol. So I think, yeah, Uh, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Touche, touche. So, um, uh, there's a lot of people who say there's a Mandela effect where the peace symbol, they remember it where the three prongs pointed up to the top of the, sim- the circle. 
And I think this is really interesting because I think there might be some validity to this because I think the peace symbol was let's like mostly used, like it's used all over the place, but mostly during like the late sixties and early seventies, sort of like hippie anti-war movement and stuff like that. And uh, that's a time before the internet. And it's a time where like, I have seen peace symbols where the prongs point up, like I've seen them in graffiti and uh, different places. And I think it's something where regionally, if you have somebody in your town who's like, I know the peace symbol is supposed to be facing down, but I'm going to draw it facing up. And that kind of catches on like more people are like, oh, yeah, that kind of looks cool. And they start doing that. You could have regional areas, you know, in a time before the Internet where everybody kind of drew that symbol wrong. And that could be a thing. And it's not necessarily a Mandela effect. It's just kind of a misrepresentation that just kind of caught on, if that makes sense. So this is one that I don't think if you remember it that way, I don't know that it's means you're from a different timeline. I think it's more so <laughs> you've just witnessed it represented that way. You know, maybe yeah, people just took a sticker and put it upside down on their skateboard or car or whatever. And that's just the first time you experienced it. And that's the way you remember it most, you know, so that's kind of my thoughts with that one. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, and that's where I think uh, some people. Uh, that's where I think some of this just. Yeah, they remember it differently, but like there might someone might have put that upside down for a reason and protest. And maybe someone just was like, that's oh, true. Yeah. Peaceful. You know what I mean? Like, that's the piece. Mm. And not knowing that it was meant to it was put that way for another reason. That's um, true, too. All right. This throws it back to me. Right. OK. Um, we'll do this one first, I guess. Looney Tunes or Looney Tunes? <laughs> we matched for this one. <laughs> we did? Okay. Um, and this was the one I was going to talk about next, but yeah, great pick. <laughs> so, Looney Tunes, T-U, Looney, T-U-N-E-S, like music, is the correct pronunciation yeah. for it. It makes absolute no sense that that's how it is, but that is the, that's the correct Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S, like a cartoon, is incorrect. But that one, this one, I believe, is an actual Mandela effect, in my opinion, because it makes sense that it should be tunes like a cartoon as opposed to the other way. However, um, so I get it. I really do. That This is one that I get wholeheartedly. But, um, but yeah, I, go ahead and talk about this one. I just thought that was funny that, um, yeah. <laughs> This yeah, is where yeah. I'm going to come at it from the other angle and say, that's where you're wrong, though. Because if Looney Tunes had a sister show, what would that show be? Um, or sister, like, serial se serialized segments, however well, you want to phrase it. Technically, it was Tiny Tunes. Okay, so you're thinking in the future. So I was thinking <laughs> of Mary, I was thinking of Mary Melodies. And Mary Melodies oh. is the same characters mm. from Looney Tunes. But the reason it's called Mary Melodies is because you have these cartoons with their sort of merry antics that go over the classical score that's behind them. And it's almost like the music is in a weird way. It's like a secondary focus. But I always took it that way as like the merry melodies melodies is referencing the music and it's these cartoon characters playing off of this really awesome classical score below them. And I think Looney sure. tunes is the same concept. I think that's why it's tunes is because 
it's pointing out this music that's underneath. But it's really confusing because it is cartoons, you know. But also, since you mentioned Tiny Toons, I think Tiny Toons, it's spelled T-O-O-N-S. But I might be wrong about that. So, sure. yeah, I don't know. This is a weird one, but it's a fun bit of uh, sort of like animation history trivia, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, if someone asks, it's T-U-N-E-S, not T-O-N-S. Yep. So, I guess keep an eye out to make sure that no one's spelling it incorrectly, if you will. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Looney Tunes no, policeman, I guess. It's, it's kind of like, um, man, this should have been on my list, and I'm thinking about it right now, but it's not going to make the cut. Is um, So I guess I could backtrack a little bit and throw this on my honorable mention, um, if you don't mind me backtracking a little bit, because I just thought of this Okay, one. yeah, go it's, for it. Um, the song Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Um, the, the lyric bop, bop, ba is not in the song at all. That lyric doesn't exist whatsoever, but everyone sings it. If you just stop and listen, that lyric doesn't exist. It's just the music going, bop. it's just making that noise. It's, it's just, it's the instrumentals. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a good point, you know? <laughs> nobody's singing along to the smoke on the water riff, you know, stop singing bop, 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 <laughs> singing along to Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Um, well, no, I just, and I always like being the guy in the crowd going, oh, that's not a lyric in the song. You guys are singing it correctly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, that's not in the song. Okay. Sorry. I digress. And that's the first time we've ever backtracked to an honorable mention. So, um, okay. Uh, my next one, let's see. Okay, let's talk about the Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears. What do you think it is, Peter? Do you know? Is this a match on this one? <laughs> I don't remember what um, what it actually is, but I don't like thinking about this because I'm just always wrong on the spelling. Okay, so this one makes me laugh for the very sense of... Um, I got to spell it right on the spreadsheet. Hold on a second. <laughs> um. I think in my head, there's actually three spellings. There is. There is. Most, bears. People, most, think, most people think it's the Berenstein Bears. Baron, B-A-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. Berenstein. But it's actually Berenstain. Stain, yes. Yeah, S-T-A-I-N. Bears. The Berenstain Bears. Um, and this is where a lot of people, you know, misrepresent this. Now. The reason I bring this one up, and this is one of my absolute favorites, is because there was an article about the multiverse and someone actually explaining alternate realities and the difference between alternate realities. And they were talking about how because the realities vibrate at different wavelengths and the only way for us to glimpse these other realities is if we were able to get our particles to vibrate at some some other wavelength right. to interact with, right? But every now and then, the realities rub into each other by mistake just because of a fluctuation in wavelengths, fluctuation in weather, fluctuation in uh, time changes, stuff like that. It could All kinds of things could contribute. But there was a rub at some point, and pieces of information slipped through and that is why we remember the Berenstein Bears being Berenstain, Berenstein as opposed to Berenstain. What I loved about that article when I was reading it was instead of assuming that someone misspelled it at some point and we all just 
never said anything, and that's how we remember it. They jumped right to alternate reality. <laughs> <laughs> that was the jump. Why do we remember it like this? Oh, because of alternate realities. It has nothing to do with someone <laughs> spelling error. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, because to me, it's like the way something spelled would be one of the easiest things to remember wrong. So like, I'm kind of right there with you, but I actually had like a third and potentially fourth misspelling of this name in my head where they actually worked the word bear, like the animal into the name Berenstein or Berenstein. Um, So yeah, that's actually, I guess I misremember it way different than most people. <laughs> well, I think it's cooler to know that we got the, the mispronunciation of the Berenstain Bears because of alternate realities and the multiverse. Yeah, um, absolutely. That, and that's why we remember it wrong. It has nothing to do with the Mandela effect. This is this is why. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Misconfirmed right here. Exactly. Uh, all right, man, what do you got next? Okay, so this is one that I picked because... I think I'm actually a victim of this one. And this one is about Pikachu's tail. Oh, yeah, I saw this one. You saw this one? And this one really bugs me because if I picture Pikachu in my head, his tail has a black tip to it. But in reality, Pikachu doesn't have a black tip on his tail. Yes, that's correct. His ears have black tips, but his tail doesn't. And it's it's just a weird thing. Like, in my head, I picture him and... uh, he has that black tip, but in real life, that's not the case. And this I, is a weird one. What we're going to say? No, no, keep talking. This Go is ahead. a weird one. Looking at looking up this specific Mandela effect online, I was seeing there are like bootleg Pikachu toys that have the black tipped tail. And uh, if you watch the old well, those uh, are the bootleg knockoffs. Right. Or maybe they're bootlegs <laughs> from, from another universe. You never know. I was, <laughs> really, I was really hoping that um, uh, you maybe forgot to tell me that you watched um, uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus and you would have gotten that reference, but that's OK. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I actually just quickly <laughs> double checked because I almost said, but wait, Pikachu doesn't have the black tip because Raichu does. And I just Googled Raichu and he doesn't have it either. So it's fine. <laughs> Um, but no, this one just kind of threw me for a loop because in my, my memory, it actually was different. So I thought this was really weird, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't necessarily come to a conclusion on this one, but, uh, if I ever see a, uh, wild Pikachu out there, I'll let you know, uh, what his tail looked like, I guess. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. Uh, my next one. Okay. So let's talk about Darth Vader some more. Um, the line from Star Wars is, no, I am your father. <laughs> Not Luke, I am your father. Um, the line, that what prompts the line is, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And Luke says, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. And Darth Vader says, no, I am your father. He does not say, Luke, I'm your father. Now, mm-hmm. people misremembering this, I don't think is a real thing. I think that it's a joke to use that to say, Luke, I'm your father for a couple reasons. One, it's a reference point. And out of context, if you put Luke in the line, it creates um, a context for you to go, oh, Star Wars. Yep. Okay. That's truly what I think. 
The other thing is the very first time I heard that reference said like that was in Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. For yeah. for the exact reason I just said. <laughs> he was playing with the fan and he did it on purpose. So you, as an audience member, understood it was a Star Wars joke before he clarified it was a Star Wars joke. Um. And it makes the line funny. So I don't think people actually think that's the line. I think that it was a choice in a script at some point. So people understood and got a reference. Yeah. Um, that's truly what I think. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that one are. I just don't think it's a real Mandela effect. I really don't. But so so we we matched on this one. Um, this is this was one on my list as well. Um, and uh, this one, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I'm gr- I'm glad you brought up Tommy Boy because I was actually having the same thought. And uh, you're right. Like if you quote this line it, just out of thin air, you know, in the middle of a conversation, putting Luke in there it just instantly makes the person know what you're talking about. But if you said, no, I am your father, they wouldn't necessarily catch that right away. But then um, also like, I think it's funny because you watch the empire strikes back and it's like Darth Vader and Luke are like lightsaber battling and talking back and forth for what, like 10, 20 minutes. And then for some reason, Darth Vader is going to say Luke's name. (laughs) It's like, he already knows he's talking to him, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it actually would be more awkward for that to actually be the line. So I think that's kind of humorous as well when you think about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, this one, this one falls on the list of Mandela effects, but I think it's incorrect that it's a Mandela effect. Right. Yeah. On. You know, it's not like the Looney Tunes or um, Sweet Caroline or Smokey the Bear. Um, this one I think is a chosen on purpose Mandela effect because they were trying to make a reference to something specific. So anyway. Um, all right. So my last one is another one that I actually don't think is a Mandela effect. It's people with a common misconception of what it is. Um, and it's just because people don't like you hear. It's like when you, you know how in friends there's a, there's a thing where uh, Joey makes a comment about uh, he keeps calling. I don't remember what he, I don't remember what he's referring to, but he says, they're like, why do you keep saying that? And he's like, I don't know. You hear a word. The point is a thing. You think that that's the thing, (laughs) you know, I know exactly Uh, when that comes up. Right. But (laughs) the point is the fact that someone says like, oh, it's that. And you go, oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Right on. Right on. So I'm referring specifically to the Disney castle, um, in the parks, uh, the big castle in the center of the magic kingdom. Whose castle is that? I'm willing to bet you that if you walked down the street and stopped, let's say, 20 people and said, the Disney castle, whose castle is it? All 20 people would tell you that it's Cinderella's castle. Right. Right. But it's not. It's actually Sleeping Beauty's castle. And due to the popularity of Cinderella at the time, because the when that because Sleeping Beauty came out first, the castle was built. And then due to struggling financial situations with the company when Cinderella came out the box office dollars of the movie Cinderella saved Disney as a company and the parks themselves it kind of became Cinderella's castle because of the popularity of the movie they didn't start calling it Cinderella's castle it's just everyone just assumed that that was Cinderella's castle 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a Mandela effect so much as people just forgot. You know, not like they're remembering differently. They just either didn't know or they forgot. You know? Yeah. They were told one thing, but that wasn't a misremembering so much as it's just you go see the most popular Disney movie and there's a castle and then you go to the parks and you're like, oh, it's Cinderella's castle. Look at that. But if you look, but actually, if you know your artwork and you look at the artwork of the castles and then look at the artwork and then look at the castle itself in the park, it's Sleeping Beauty's castle. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think this is just another piece of uh, really fun animation history, to be honest. But uh, I actually didn't know this one off the top of my head. So I think oh. this one's just really interesting. But I think you're right on the money there. Well, this and, one- um this one made my list like right away. This was one of the first ones I wrote down before I started Googling. And then it actually yeah. was on the list of like the 50 most common and uh, uh, on one of the lists I found like 50 most common Mandela effects. I'm like that's <laughs> not a Mandela effect, but OK, like, and, you know. <laughs> and to go back to the uh, friends refer- reference you were talking about, the word uh, Joey mentioned was nubbin. And uh, I think that was in reference to, uh, was it Chandler had a third nipple that he yeah, told Joey was a nubbin? He's like, you told me it was a nubbin. And like, dude, you know, what a, you know what a nubbin is? He's like, I don't know. You pointed a thing, you say a word. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Was that your final pick? Yeah, that was my final pick okay. of the night. So I'll move into my my final pick. And this is my absolute favorite Mandela effect. Because I don't believe it's real, or I can say I know it's not real, but I think it's hilarious that people think it's real. And this is one that I think has given me endless entertainment, whether it's just referencing with a group of friends to make a joke or just talking about. But that is the fact that people think that there is a movie that came out in the 90s called Shazam starring Sinbad. And that he was playing a genie in this movie. And the real movie is actually called Kazam. And it stars Shaq, who plays a you know a genie in this kid's movie called Kazam. But for some reason, people really remember that there's this movie called Shazam. And Sinbad played a genie in it. And I just think it's really, really funny. And I've seen... There's this weird clip I've seen on YouTube or something of Sinbad playing a genie in a sketch comedy show and like knowing when Sinbad kind of like his career peaked, I feel like that might've been pretty current with the movie Kazam, but I'm not really sure. I don't know if that's why people think this is a thing or where this comes from, but I, I, even though I don't believe it, I love this Mandela effect. It's like I said, I just got a huge kick out of it. It's like a fun nostalgic bit of misremembered history but i just think it's hilarious overall <laughs> drew i don't know if you have any thoughts on this one um, this one this was the first thing i thought of with this list <laughs> this one's funny and we talked about this a lot when we were getting ready for the shazam movie to come out <laughs> yeah i forgot about that <laughs> this, this came up a lot we made a lot of jokes about this if you go back to when the shazam film was like in the process of coming out you're gonna have to go back a few years into our um into our lit into our show but if you go back you'll hear us make comment about a comment about shazam kazam is sinbad gonna make a cameo like that <laughs> stuff? um are we gonna get a shack cameo like we're gonna get all three of them on screen together just for the sake of the weird like hold on like that's your spider verse you know that you know that meme 
of the Spider-Mans from the yes. Spider-Verse, and they're all pointing at each other, and then they have that other one with the live-action ones all pointing at each other. Here's the thing, DC. You want to really blow Marvel away and get there first? Put Shazam, Kazam, and Sinbad all on the screen at the same time. Yes. They're going, wait, what? And it's just a brief moment. It could be a post-credit <laughs> scene if you want, but it would be gold. But then the clincher <laughs> happens when Shazam playing Steel walks in, and that just blows everybody's mind. Well, the problem is then everyone's going to go, well, when do we get the Steel movie? So, you know. I mean, we already got that. I think they could do a better version of it nowadays. But, um, sure. um, oh, sure. the one thing I was going to say, just this conversation makes me feel like if any movie is going to bring the Sinbad Shazam to life, I feel like it's going to be a Deadpool movie, and I would be all here for that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, all right. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this list. You want to talk about what we're going to do next week? Yeah. Okay. So because of this list, I was trying to think of a really good counter for this list. And then the Bernstein Bears made my list. And so we're going to talk about multiverse realities. And so think about pop culture and think about all the multiversal possibilities that we have gotten over the years. And what are ones, what are five that you think that you would like to see explored more or wish they would have dealt with more um, in the realm of, I mean, if that makes sense to you. Okay. So it's like, so it's like when characters in a movie or show go to a different universe, but we only get a short glimpse and I kind of wish that they would have spent some more time there and we would have seen more of that world and stuff. Okay. Right, exactly. Now, this also goes into other stuff, too, because the multiverses have existed since the 80s. So this includes comic books as well. So think about that. Like, includes comics, you know, if you really need to dig deep. And I might be shooting myself in the foot going, can I get five out of this? But I know I can. It's just going to take a little thought. Um, So I was just like, ooh, let's do the Mandela effects. But the Bernstein Bears are like, no, that's not a Mandela effect. That was multiversal uh, realities, like, colliding. So, so that's where I was like, no, that's how that one works. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, well, let's, let's have the multiverses collide. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the multiverses right now with Dr. Strange and we got the flash movie coming. Um, and then you brought up the Mandela effect thing. And I was like, well, yeah, like we got to talk about the multiverse and really dive deep because I love multiversal stuff right now. Like I'm such a subscribe subscriber to the theory that that exists. And it's the idea is really cool. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking there's a couple different Simpsons and Family Guy gags that deal with uh, multiple <laughs> timelines, and they're just kind of making me crack up in my head. But I well, might talk about those further. This isn't soon. necessarily yeah. multiple timelines either. You know what I mean? This is like alternate, like alternate reality stuff that, you yeah, know, it's the it's the infinite possibility of what's out there. Um, so right on. All right. Well, that kind of brings us the episode. You want to toss this episode in the can? Yeah, let's go for well, it. Well, it's it's uh, we had to get a new can because the other one's too full. So since we're on the next 200 episodes, I figured getting a new can for these episodes would be good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, do us all a favor, everybody. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show there. Social media either way works. 
Uh, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review, which we understand five stars. Uh, we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us make better, us get better and makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, how about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be telling you how Spider-Man and Kit Kat, Kit Kat duked it out and decided Spider-Man would be the one to keep the hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you didn't get that, uh, Google Mandela effects. Um, <laughs> at any rate, um, Peter, um, let's uh, talk next week, shall we? Yeah. All right. For the top five, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right. And